The following podcast is a Bill Say production. Hi guys, welcome back to Samosas and Mimosas. Today we're going to be talking about biculturalism, aculturalization, and everything that comes with having kind of two identities, two or more identities, uh, growing up or living in America. Uh, to start off, let's introduce our guests. Um, I'm Joytha. I'm a senior at the University of Michigan, and I'm studying public health sciences. Uh, I'm Elise. I am a junior at the University of Michigan, and I'm studying sociology. And I'm John V. I'm also a junior at the University of Michigan, and I'm studying psychology. So I don't know if you guys have seen Bend It Like Beckham. For our listeners who haven't, it's kind of an old movie, um, but it's it's a really cute little movie about a Punjabi girl in the United Kingdom who really likes playing soccer. And she's really good at it, but her family doesn't want her to play because of like cultural differences and expectations. You know, it's not proper. What I want to bring attention to is that, you know, she tried to participate in the activity that kind of connected her closer to the culture of her environment. So how about you guys? Like, how do you guys connect with your culture? What ways, you know, what activities or traditions do you participate in? Yeah, so for me, I'd say that, I mean, it's kind of hard to pinpoint specific big things of how I engage with my culture just because it's so, I feel like, ingrained into my life lifestyle, especially because um, I'm Bangladeshi American and my parents immigrated from Bangladesh. Um, and I'm actually really privileged to be able to have a lot of my relatives around me as well. So um, whether it be the language we speak, the food we eat, it's always um, pretty pretty um, prevalent in our house that I'm pretty always aware of my culture and my background. But specific things like for the Bangladeshi New Year, even though I'm a terrible dancer, I have such a hard time keeping the beat and <laughs> trying to memorize um, moves and stuff. Um, we would be encouraged or maybe forced to join a dance for the to celebrate the new year um as well as just always um being pretty close to our Bangladeshi community in the United States as well. Yeah, so mine was a little bit different I guess because my parents also well I'm Indian American uh and my parents immigrated here when I was 9 months old, so I was born in India and then came here uh, before I turned one, but all of our family was back in India, so there was really never like any connection to that part when we were here. Um, we were lucky enough to like be able to go back and visit often, but we didn't really have like a constant family, I guess, in like specifically Ohio or like even gr- in like larger America. So I remember like me and my parents used to watch a lot of like Indian movies together, and that's how I like picked up on most of my Hindi. And then I also was enrolled in like all sorts of Indian dance classes. Like I did Kathak for a really long time. And then into like middle school, um, I was like a really big part of the Gujarati community here because that's a really prominent community in Ohio. So even though I'm not Gujarati, it became a large part of my life. Um, And then that was where I learned like a lot of cultural stuff. And I will say like we're very lucky to have a very good set of like family friends um, and I feel like that's similar with a lot of um, immigrants especially South Asian immigrants where like you get this group of like core people that share like cultural beliefs and like your parents are all friends and then all the kids become friends so 
like that was definitely like my connection to the Indian community for me it's more like um so I'm from Pakistan I grew up there and I came to the U.S. like um for my uh, bachelor's degree so I kind of just try to recreate the things I would usually do at home so like a lot of the um usually when I in high school I would study I would have like Kavali going on or like um listening to like specific music or like specific songs that are like local to the region so like now when I feel really homesick um I'll do that so I'll put on Kavali and then like I'll put on something on the tv um I'll make like a nice home-cooked meal I just learned how to make dal um and I've just been making it non-stop because it's like the most I think it's like something I associate so much with home um so like that's just ways I make time and find space to connect back um to like this part of me that I still love yeah I think being in college and like trying to stay in touch with it is definitely like hard but I also think like Michigan has a really really good Indian community or like even like a Pakistani community and we've definitely been lucky to have like a school with so many like tight-knit communities like that like I have like a lot of family here too luckily um like my cousins live 10 minutes away so even especially like when I just like it was my freshman year they would always come over and like give me food and biryani and like um I would go to their place so like they were like a huge place of support and still are for like those days when I just really want to talk to someone who speaks in Urdu and like knows like the style because it's like I have a lot of Indian friends but like it's just not the same as like when you're speaking to someone else who knows Urdu even though Hindi and Urdu are kind of interchangeable at this point mm-hmm. yeah I'm sure that's refreshing to hear too um, I'd say for, especially when I came to college, yeah, definitely it was a weird, like, culture shock just being, um, I think for me, I grew up on the west side of the state, so there wasn't a huge Bangladeshi community, but, um, we were really close with the community that there is, and it is pretty, pretty big considering that we're on the west side of the state, but I think another cool part about being on campus, like, Michigan, is just getting to commun- collaborate with people from so many different backgrounds and, um, growing up, I, there weren't a lot of Bangladeshis that were my age, so we were really engaged with the community, but I never really got to connect with other girls my age that were also pursuing similar things or had any similar interests, so at all the different gatherings you'd always go to, I'd always end up just eating and then sitting by my parents and waiting to go waiting to go home, but um, it's been really, really nice to be able to meet other other people with similar passions at school. It's great that you guys are able to find other people who share, you know, that shared identity with you guys. Do you ever feel like things from, you know, your South Asian identity ever like conflict with things that you've adapted based on like your American identity or your American culture that, you know, like some things like that just don't make sense necessarily. For example, like the wearing shoes inside the house, things like that. Um, for me, it's it's kind of different because, like, I just started living in America um, for, like, the majority of my year, um, like, three years ago. So it isn't, like, for me, it's, like, these smaller cultural things. But f- um, one thing that's, like, really apparent is, like, when I'm in Pakistan, all I'm going to be thinking about is, like, the freedoms I have um, and, like, the privileged life I live in America and how I want to get back to it and, like, get 
back to like being an independent adult and when I'm in the U.S. I'm kind of thinking about like I miss home I miss like driving I miss like sitting next to my mom I miss the garden I miss the weather so it's just like like I'm always in the space where I'm never happy with the place I'm in I'm always like waiting for time to go on so I can go back to that place and then I start the cycle of resentment all over again yeah I don't know if there's necessarily like any big cultural things that I can see as like a crossover because they are like so so different but something that has been interesting for me is like navigating superstitions and especially like as like a Hindu there's definitely like a lot of like little things like one of the biggest things and me and my friends um like joke about it but I don't know if you guys do this but when you drop a piece of paper or like step on it and you have to like pray or like kind of like you know like touch your head after or whatever um and like I remember in high school I'd like be so stressed out when I saw someone step on paper because I was like oh my god you can't do that (laughs) but then like eventually I was like okay like it's fine as long as like I don't do it Mm -hmm. and then it was just like funny to navigate or like I've like taught some of my friends um that like wouldn't necessarily know this stuff and like like my mom's really big on like you don't hand people knives because like you'll start fighting with them so like Mm. all my American friends know like I'm not going to take a knife like directly from their hand like they have to put it down first and then I'll grab it so just like little things like that yeah it's really interesting I feel like for me um I think growing up since my school and the area I live in um in general isn't super diverse compared to the east side of the state where we are for school um so growing up I would really just keep my lives really separate like who I was at school and who I am at home for example even today when I was introducing myself like how I pronounced my name I had to I had to like for a second consciously think about am I Joita or am I Joitha um because like pronouncing that th it's really dependent on who I'm surrounding with sometimes um but growing up this kind of looked like um being super paranoid about whether my clothes still smelled like my mom's cooking from the day before or um just like worrying about different habits that I may have attained from home that didn't really correlate to the norms of school life but I'd say growing up especially towards the end of high school I just realized what a special and unique um feature this is about me with my culture and I really just tried to embrace it and I enjoyed getting questions from my friends about um, the different kinds of foods we eat or our, our um, experiences traveling to Bangladesh. Um, and I really just embraced it, especially as I entered college. And I really was intentional in um, joining the Bangladeshi Students Association and making it more of my culture rather than just another part of me. Similarly to Joey's experience, like, I also, like, my high school is so, so, so American. Like, it's yeah. really bad. Like, Donald Trump did a rally at my high school. Oh, so, like, yeah, it was just, a, it's, a, it's a mess. Um, but, so, like, I think I was maybe, like, one of, like, three or four other Indians. And then, like, there was a lot of just, like, stereotypes around the Indian community in our mm-hmm. high school. So, like, I know, like, whether it was, like, consciously or unconsciously, I made, like, a very, like, big effort to kind of remove myself from that. And, like, in some ways I regret it because, like, obviously I was, like, removing myself from like my cultural identity but also like I had a really great high school experience I don't want to say like oh I shouldn't have done that but it was definitely tough because like I remember I'd always like be like 
told that I was like I was literally he would be like oh my god you're the whitest girl I know and you're not even white and I was like oh like that's not that's not a thing and it was just like it was like a thing in my high school that people were like oh John be so white and she's not even white yeah and so it was definitely interesting like how I kind of separated those two identities mm-hmm. going off of what you said um there's this really interesting thing that we're talking about in one of my classes um it's talked um basically how heteronormativity encompasses race aspects as well so like if you're in any public setting the normal race is going to be considered white and the idea of assimilating to it is going to you know you would think it would count for you or like it would benefit you but it only further pronounces your differences within that culture because um, externally you are not being identified as white but internally you're giving these cultural signifiers of it and like it's just like a very interesting way like if you are someone who is not white um and american and anything else and you try to like assimilate into the culture you're gonna you're not gonna win if you're someone who doesn't try to assimilate to the culture and kind of cling on to your own identities you're still not gonna win so it's just like this weird state of diaspora that we're always gonna be in and we're just like never gonna win in any situation yeah, exactly mm-hmm. yeah and there's that term like american confused born they see like and it and and I had a similar experience, John V. Like, I remember someone told me, like, oh, I forget that you're not even white. And it honestly made me feel really guilty of not, like, either. It's, like, uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. well, that's not what I'm going for. Um, but, I, yeah, it's just, like, trying to assimilate to whatever the norm is. But then you just feel that another sense of guilt, like, oh, I should be really promoting my culture. Like, because it, it is such a great part of our lives and it adds such a unique um, feature to our lives and our values but yeah it's it's just like an awkward uncomfortable situation sometimes I mean at least in high school I feel like and you might relate to this Joey since mm-hmm. like it was so so like American and not yeah. diverse yeah I think it just got to a point for me at least where I was like I'm not gonna like fight it because like yeah they're not gonna get it and it's like it's fine because exactly. like all my friends are American like yeah I have more American tendencies than I do Indian so mm-hmm. there's like no convincing them at that point yeah no I feel that and yeah and like towards the end of high school I remember I had all my friends like my, I love my friends like I don't want to also like get that wrong I love my high school friends but it's just the, the where I live and the high school I go to it's just not diverse at all I think there were like five to ten people of color in my grade um so it just you're automatically the odd one out but once I was towards like my senior year like my friends would come over and my mom would make traditional Bangladeshi food um and I would always invite them to different like gatherings we're having at our house or whether it's like the Bangladeshi new year or just having family friends over and it was always like a thing like oh I can't hang out I have to go to like a Bangladeshi (laughs) gathering or that with them so that was always like my go-to. Everyone knew that 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 was my excuse sometimes growing up. I feel like also like when people say, "Oh, you're so white" or this or that, like they're generally not trying to be rude or like calling no, you yeah. or something. But again, like I remember this was the weirdest thing when I came to the university. Everyone kept asking me how I know English <laughs> and how oh my, my English God. is so good and how yeah. I have an accent. And I was like how do you think I got into this university? Do, do you think I just, like, paid someone off? Like, I'm at, I'm at a certain skill level as as you are. And I even got, like, from, like, from yeah. my professors who asked me, oh, 
with my very like the american accent that i have to force when i'm talking to americans oh did you go to school in london i'm like (laughs) why do you think that because i can speak english it's just like so weird yeah that's terrible i will also say though it's like interesting because so i still get the comment of like oh you're so whitewashed Mm -hmm. but like I guess it's different when it so like here when I get it or like at school in college when I get it it's from like the Indian community yeah and for some reason I don't mind that as much because I like I know that like as an Indian yeah I'm probably not like as in tune with my culture as I should be but like when it comes from an American person I guess it just hurts more because it's like they're like completely nulling your background whereas here if it's like another brown person saying it to you they're like yeah, you're Indian, but, like, you're more American than you are. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I get that. And, like, these conversations, and it's so, like, I want to have, like, conversations with, like, my white friends, too, about, like, my culture and stuff, but just because in order for people to gain a more global perspective, like, these conversations are so important, but then it's, like, trying to juggle which kind of side or which identity you're going to show off that day or who it's I don't know you have to be really conscious about like intentionally um teaching other people about your culture as well I am like kind of the opposite with it because um like obviously in the start you're like oh they're really curious but like when you're getting the same question for the 13th time that's like easily something they can google it's like I'm not someone who's a sole representative of my culture, these, like, things are very yeah, that's fair. common. And, like, I don't want to be constantly trying to educate you and, like, putting in my own effort uh, when, like, you could easily do the same. Yeah, I guess it's, like, dependent on, like, how you're feeling that day, on, like, if you want to deal with all, like, the questions. Yeah. Especially because some of them can be... Some of them can be so, like, just, like, ignorant like just ignorant right like yeah i don't know if you guys like do, do you speak indian and i'm like there's <laughs> like, come like, on like now. what okay yeah exactly. it's so bad i have yeah. a whole story from the first times in the u.s um there was like this girl who she wasn't even american because it was like i came to the u.s in 2016 i would say for like this conference and it was like a bunch of international kids rarely and like very few americans so this girl i think she's german or something but still like clearly very European, raised in a very white environment, asked me out of the blue, hey, you're Muslim, right? So Hindus don't eat um, beef because it's like a religious um, thing for them. Is the pig also religious for you? Is that why you don't eat pork? I'm like, girl, this is something you can Google. We are walking to like someplace. This is not the time for me to educate you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I, so I eat um, beef as I should not be doing but <laughs> the like the the stares I get from like I feel like one of the only things like American people know about Hinduism is like oh they don't eat beef or yeah. like they worship cows yeah but like so the stares I used to get at like school when I would eat a hamburger oh my god oh my and gosh. I'd be like guys like it's fine like chill <laughs> so I don't need your judgment as well yeah I was like it's okay oh my goodness but it's also so funny how like kind of like on the other hand from like people asking questions it's like they try to relate to me through like Indian culture and it's just like like okay a story I met this guy and if he listens to this I'm so sorry (laughs) but when I first met him he like came up to me and he was like oh my god are you from India and I was like yeah and he was like 
are you Punjabi? And I was like, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, like, this is, like, the, the white, like, he's, he was, like, Jewish or something, right? So I was like, okay. And then he was like, do you know what the Golden Temple is? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then he, like, started talking about the Golden Temple. And I was like, I, like, I was like, I've never been there. Like, I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah. Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> and he was just so excited. And he was like, can you speak Indian? And I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Like, I what need to leave. Happening? <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. Wow. Wow, interesting. <laughs> do you ever get that, like, you know, criticism or just, like, commentary about being, you know, too white or too American from, you know, the other side, like, from your family members or, like, anything like that? I mean, one major thing I always think of, like, is when I'm speaking on the – this is kind of small, but just speaking on the phone with my relatives from Bangladesh and – my siblings are around the corner, like, laughing at my American accent as I try to speak Bangla. Or mm-hmm. It just gives me, like, another sense. It's just so many layers to, like, that trying to, like, embrace your identity. But then there's also, like, hesitance when it's, like, okay, I'm not, like, fully Bangladeshi because I was born and raised in the U.S. So, like, another tricky line to balance, like, those two kind of conflicting identities, I guess. Yeah, I think it's definitely, like, I don't get, like, the straight up, like, oh, my God, you're so American. But, like, Mm -hmm. I do get made fun of. Like, even though I can fluently speak Hindi, I still get made fun of for having an American accent when I do. And just, like, little things like that. But definitely not as much as, like, the opposite side. Yeah, that's true. For me, it's kind of different. um, Because, like, I've just started to, like, live in the U.S., right? And... I have to speak mm-hmm. in a specific accent at all times um, or else people just can't understand me in like my natural accent and it's reached the point where like I was on the phone with my mom and I was speaking Urdu and it started coming out oh, with really? an American accent and I was so mortified I was like what is <laughs> happening and it's even like in one of my classes I was attending um, we were doing like some sort of workshop with speakers coming in from like india and all over the world um speaking about caste so even within that i had to speak in urdu or hindi and i had just forgotten like half of the language because i not i don't speak urdu anymore that much because i'm here like mostly eight months out of the entire year and just like it isn't someone else like pointing it out for me but it's like me just realizing i'm kind of losing touch with like the language I grew up in, with the people I grew up with, with the culture that I identified with, and I'm just kind of mortified that one day I'm just going to be speaking in like this like really weird um, American Urdu accent, and I'm just going to be like, oh my god, like who am I now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like also the other thing is I don't know like aunties are so judgmental <laughs> about like that sort of yeah. like I don't know if that just like the community that I'm in or like what it is but I feel like aunties like really really like wait for you to like slip up so that they can like make a comment about it and so like I know that like when I'm at like an Indian like a Diwali party or something I'm on like my like best like cultural behavior like I'm gonna go say hi to all of them like say like namaste and like Mm -hmm. talk to all of them because I like have heard firsthand accounts of like them shitting on kids that like don't do that because like they're too they're like too white or too american Mm -hmm. so i like make sure that i like don't fall into that yeah another thing like similar to that is along i think also just like with the 
community that I'm in and as well as my relatives, just really managing what I post on social media and what is seen to that community because, yeah, just like another set of judgments and another set of eyes, like trying to see what the person I'm becoming and adding their judgments and how I'm doing that. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, it's so tricky because you, you're just, you start to com- compartment, how do you say that word? Compartmentalize? Something like that. Yeah. Um, parts of your life away from the people that you love the most and who provide like the most support to you and it's just like I mean I definitely feel that where like I won't tell my mom specific things because I fear she's gonna worry and then like um with like the 12 13 hour time difference and like she's just gonna be worrying like oh my god is she safe is she alive so I'm just like always having to first think of the best way to frame things and Mm -hmm. in that sense like it just sometimes does get exhausting constantly trying to like hide a specific part of your life and like perfectly sugarcoat it so it's like something that they can accept yeah no Elise, i like totally agree with that because there was a my mom travels back and forth between india and here mm-hmm. and there's like a significant difference in the amount of stuff i tell her when she's there versus when she's <laughs> here because like solely because of the time difference because i'm like am I going to call her and, like, stress her out at 4 a.m. because I, like, failed an exam? Or, like, because I'm, like, having, like, boy troubles? Like, (laughs) no, right? Like, those are, like, inconsequential suddenly. Yeah. That's a good point. Do you guys, you know, going off of what Elise was kind of mentioning, do you guys ever feel frustrated trying to navigate this kind of dual identity? Like, when you're in a situation where there's more, you know, white American people, do you ever feel, like, frustrated because you have to like hide or consciously you know be aware of like how you're acting versus the other type of situation where you're amongst an Indian community like what is that like emotional experience for you guys I think growing up I'd say like just elementary school middle school especially um, I think first of all that time of life has already a lot of life changes are happening a lot of life stresses are going on as well but in regard to managing like these identities, um, I think it was the main one of the major things that was stressful for me was that I just didn't have anyone else around me that was going through a similar situation. Um, even like little things like first of all, South Asians we all re- hope hopefully can relate. Just like growing up and trying to manage small things like facial hair and how it grows in excess. And I remember like in elementary school like. Some some girl pointed it out like, oh, like you're you have a mustache growing or something like that. And it just like you feel really alone because you look around and there's no one there was no one around me that looked like me. So it really does affect you more than you, it affected me more than I realized it did in the in the moment. Just kind of feeling like alone and, and trying to juggle these two separate identities. Yeah, I think mine, it it's like interesting because I think I got so like involved and just like being that American part of my identity that it became kind of natural and it wasn't like something I was putting conscious effort into so like still when I get back Mm -hmm. like home and I'm with my like American friends it like turns on and it's not really like a conscious effort thing it just like happens I but I think my like big awakening happened when I came to college because that was the first time that I was like surrounded with people that were kind of like equal parts Indian equal parts American and like we shared like that 
and had that in common. And I think that was when I like really dived in and realized that like the past four years I'd been like almost putting on a show, not necessarily because like it was still me being authentic, but like not to my fullest extent, I guess. And that was really like kind of like hard to deal with because I was like, wait, why did I do that? Like, what was I trying to do? Yeah, for me, um, I realized I started, like, softening up my culture, especially, like, when I started making American friends, and, like, in the start, they were all predominantly white, um, and I found, like, for me, music and listening to Pakistani music is, like, especially, like, helpful and de-stressing, and kind of, like, I just, like, it's, the style is so different, I think, like, we all can agree, like, when we listen to, like, American music, and if we are interested in, listen to, like, the music from, the regions that we um like bear a connection with it just evokes this completely different feeling and I realized like especially in freshman year I had gone like an entire semester without like blasting um like Nuri or like um Gok Studio or any of like my favorite sources of music mm-hmm. and like when I tried to like I would often see like this kind of like pushback from like my American friends because they were like not familiar with the music they like call it like oh what is this weird shit and like because of that started internalizing like okay this is something I can only do when I'm by myself alone because I don't want to have like this judginess around me and it's, it was very new and it was very different yeah. um like having to face that yeah yeah I think it personally it was refreshing coming to school um coming to University of Michigan just because you see so many more faces, so many more people that are also just passionate about their goals, but equally excited about staying connected to their culture, as especially that that's what I found through the Bangladeshi Students Association. Um, yeah, and it was just refreshing to be able to be able to relate to other people my age who were just going through life and but had similar experiences because their backgrounds were the same. Yeah. But I will also say, like, a downfall of that, especially, like, I guess for me, is that there aren't very many, like, Punjabis or North Indians at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Or at least, like, I haven't really found that community yet. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I think it's, like, I don't know if it's because of, like, the area it's in or what, but Michigan's very, like, dominated by, like, the South, a- or, um, South Indian community when mm-hmm. it comes to the Indian community. Um, And there's, like, a lot of cultural differences between North Indians and South Indians. So sometimes, like, I can't relate to my friends, even though, like, we both are Indian, because they'll be talking about something, and I'm just like, I have no idea what this is. Or, like, my my life is so different. And so that's definitely a challenge that, like, I still face. Now it's just not American Indian, it's Indian Indian. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. Like, I am Bangladeshi, but I'm also Christian, and there are that's like one of the minority groups in Bangladesh. So there are huge like cultural differences between Bangladeshi Christians and Muslim Christians, which are the majority groups, as well as Hindu Christians and other religions there. So even in Grand Rapids, we had a very small like Bangladeshi Christian community, and I don't know a single other Bangladeshi Christian girl um, at the University of Michigan. Um, so yeah, that's another, I totally, I totally understand those kinds of feelings of even among the Bangladeshi community, there are still major cultural differences. I feel like there should be like a Daisy Tinder, but like <laughs> you just make friends on it, so you can say like, "Oh, I want someone who's like Indian, oh my god, Dobby, and does this and that." And yeah, like, it is, like, all our problems. I know they have. It's Bill so funny Mill. though. 
Oh God. <laughs> but that's for finding it's, a significant other, not friends. <laughs> um, that's just, yeah. But it's so interesting how like, so my roommate last year was like the exact same type of Indian. So like my one of my parents is a certain, like from a certain region, one of my parents is from a certain region. Mm-hmm. And um, this girl was the exact same mix, like down to the point where like her mom was Punjabi and then her dad was Banya, which is like the same oh, wow. as mine. And, like, the, we were, like, so surprised because we'd never met anyone like Aww. that before. It, it just, like, it was really exciting. Yeah. Then you just have this kind of common foundation. Like, you just kind of get each other because you have yeah. similar Yeah, because you're like, oh, my God, my mom does this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's, that's really cool. Do you guys think that you guys, like, tend to gravitate towards, like, when you, like, first enter a room or, like, a class, do you gravitate towards people that look like you or that are South Asian? Hmm. Because, like, personally, like, I definitely do, and, like, that's something I've noticed, especially in college, but, like, even before that, like, I remember I went to the summer camp in, I think, like, the sophomore summer of high school, and I got there, and suddenly, like, a week in, my whole friend group was Indian. And, like, that was something that didn't happen to me in high school. So when I came back, everyone was, like, my parents were, like, why did you gravitate towards all Indians? And I was, like, I don't even know. And then coming (laughs) to college, too, like, right away, super assimilated into the brown community. Or, like, if I'm in a class and I see another Indian, I guess it's just, like, comforting to me. And, like, I know that I can, like, ask that person questions. And I don't, like, I don't know why that is, but it's just there. Yeah. I do remember, like, I think it was... My one of the first couple of days of freshman year, um, and I had Gen Chem in the big Chem eighteen hundred lecture hall, and I did gravitate gravitate towards like a group of other South Asian girls that were kind of just standing in the same area. But I think it just goes to show, like when you have like that, even just that kind of similar foundation of being South Asian, like I just felt so much more comfortable to approach them and be like, hey, can I sit next to you? And it was the first day mm-hmm. of class freshman year. I was already so intimidated by that huge room and starting Gen Chem. Um, but it, we, we did end up just like having that group throughout the class. And it, yeah, I just started off because I, they were just the people that I felt most comfortable approaching right, right off the bat. I think it's because you like know that at the very least you'll have one thing in common. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to approaching a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. Definitely. For like, um, for, like, online stuff now, I started just, like, I think I'm, like, a stalker, but do you guys <laughs> also go through, like, your people's list and, like, the pages um, on Canvas and, like, see, okay, they're, they're brown. I can maybe, like, if they're in my same section, I can, like, try to... Uh, Wait, low-key? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels so weird. We're just like, like, I don't care at this point. Especially, like, yeah, I agree. I really, yeah. as much as I love, like, my my white friends and, like, my friends who are, like, other identities, at the end of the day, I want the feeling of home, and I want that comfort, and I want that feeling around me. So, like, it's, like, very natural for me to kind of gravitate towards that. And, like, when you're a student who's not... Um, in the U.S. and you're applying internationally, everyone's going to say, oh, you know, you don't want to be that kid who just, like, goes to, like, another country and is just friends with brown people. And you're just, like, at the moment, you're like, oh, yeah, that's so weird. Like, you should be friends with, like, so many more people. But, like, yeah, kind of estranged from everything. It's the most natural thing ever. And this shouldn't be, Exactly. Exactly. It's also interesting because, like, I definitely get, like, I get, like, crap 
about it from like Indian friends that I have at home. Like one of my best friends oh, really? when I first like yeah, like one of my best friends when I came back freshman year, she was like all of your friends are Indian, like you need to diversify. <laughs> and I was like Sorry. and like she'll still like make snarky comments about it and be like, Oh my god, there's so many brown people in this picture and yeah. I'm like and I'm just like, but like yeah but also they're great people and like I relate to them on a personal level so like it's not like I intentionally went about like oh like I'm only going to be friends with Indians or like I'm only going to be friends with people that are of South Asian descent it's just like how it happened right it's like student orgs or like I was on a dance team and that was like a really really big part of my freshman year experience Mm -hmm. and so I was just like what do you mean like diversify (laughs) Yeah, and especially, sorry, Go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say, especially when everything else is so uncertain and there's so many other life happenings and transitional like events going on, you just want something that feels safe and you automatically, I feel like it's just a natural thing. You're going to go to what feels comfortable to you and you know that there will at least be similar things to connect on mm-hmm. when you're approaching a community that is also like to yours. having that community having that community is so important like I know Elise talked about this earlier where she was like oh like when you're homesick you go and talk to people in Urdu or stuff like that and like for me that was oh I'm homesick let's go to like namaste flavors and get and an, <laughs> like you know what I mean like yeah. it's like a little thing that you just like try to do to hold on to home I guess exactly I was going to say, like, how often do you hear other groups being criticized of having, like, monoracial friendships? Right. Yeah, we're just, like, not allowed to have friends who look like us and have, like, the same cultural background as us. Like, that's so weird. I think there's, like, also that, like, little undercurrent of, like, people thinking that Indian communities can be toxic, which I don't really know why that happened, but it happened, so. Yeah. I mean, it is a real thing, but those generalizations oftentimes hurt us hurt us more than they like benefit Uh us and like I'm not gonna deny myself again like I said before I'm not gonna deny myself the comfort of home because like a couple people are saying oh exactly I'm like yeah yeah you don't understand exactly also like this is diversifying for me right because like in high school literally all my friends are American yeah and so this is like a complete 180 Mm -hmm. yeah and also like if you are friends with brown people, it doesn't mean that they're the same exactly. everything. Like, even if mm-hmm. you're friends with a bunch of Indians, they're going to be different regions, different languages, mm-hmm. different cultures. If you're friends with someone who's Pakistani, if you're friends with someone who's Bangladeshi, Sri Lankan, there's so many different identities, and it's just kind of it's kind of insulting that they're just being grouped together and being told, like, oh, y'all are just, like, one thing, so that's why you can't, like, hang out yeah. together or whatever. Yeah, and growing up, like, even with just with my family, like, if, if we're traveling even in other countries or just across the state, and my parents will always, first of all, try to find a Bangladeshi restaurant, like, once we we're traveling Oh, my God, Paris, same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we eat this all the time. Like, can't you wait, like, four more days when we're back in Michigan? But we were in Paris, and we had to find this one Bangladeshi restaurant there. But I just, like, no matter where we are in the world, and if we see someone else that's Bangladeshi, like... One, like, somehow we have some kind of related, like, friend or, like, cousin or something. I don't know. You just have an instant connection, and they'll invite us over to their house. Like, we should, I'll feed you tea. Like, um, this meal's on me. And there's just that instant connection be, wherever you are in the world with people that are from that same region. And I think that just yeah. that mindset stays with us as we go about our own experiences in the world, too. And, like, I will say, I don't think I realized how important, like, my culture and my religion were to me until mm-hmm. I got to college. Yeah. Because, like, 
at home you're constantly like given it right like it's just there but I remember like my first Diwali not being in Columbus I was like not okay I was like what's happening like what like what is this and I remember I like tried like to do like a little Diwali in my dorm (laughs) like I got little like tea lights and like I think I put like a banana in front of like the little idols I had but like that was the first time where I was like oh my god like my religion is important to me and like Mm -hmm. that was like kind of surprising to me because I'd never thought of it as something that was like an important part of my identity yeah exactly and once you have this kind of independence it really just shows I think it gives you a clear picture of what your values are and because you have to be really intentional about what you put your energy towards and that really does give you a clear picture of what your what your main values are too also, one thing I just really miss um, when I went back home is mm-hmm. rotis. Like, I, as a kid, hated eating that. I thought it was, like, the most boring thing. And now that I have to use rotis <laughs> yeah, exactly. as rotis, I'm It's just, not like, the same. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, you don't realize how, like, important it is to you until it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Last winter, I think... Um, I went to my cousins who live in New York, um, and they took me to this restaurant, like an actual Pakistani mm-hmm. restaurant in New Jersey, and like, it was the first time in the two years I had been in the U.S. that I went to a Pakistani mm-hmm. restaurant, and I walk in, and it's like, these gorgeous, like, paintings made of, like, Mr. Fadeli Khan, of Abda Praveen, of, like, everyone, there's, like, Coke Studio, which is, like, the most gentrified <laughs> version of, like, Pakistani <laughs> music, it was still playing, and, like, I realized I hadn't heard, like, Pakistani music being played in, like, a restaurant yeah. in so long. And I actually started getting Aww. emotional as I looked at, like, the truck art and, like, everything. So, again, like, I agree with Tommy. Like, you don't know what you're missing until, yeah. like, it happens. Also, like, furthering on your point, Elise, music is such a big part of, like, culture. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Absolutely. it's, like, so interesting because I, like, know that at school, it's, like, whenever I'm at a party that's, predominantly south asian it'll always start with like everyone trying to i guess like and not necessarily trying but like everyone's playing like you know like travis scott Shaq yeah. West, whatever <laughs> yeah yeah and then progressively the night goes on and it's 2 a.m and people that are of age have had enough to drink <laughs> and suddenly suddenly there's like a Telugu song play and i'm like wait what happened yeah. how do we get from like there to That's there awesome. and it just because and then everyone's like so excited about it or like yeah. at parties when like an indian song comes on and like everyone like loses their ham. mind <laughs> yeah yeah That's awesome yeah i mean there's such like a like a different form of community like jamming out to like daisy yeah. with other people your age and like i feel like for y'all it's usually like you're listening to daisy music in a public setting it's- and then like family chaperoned events you don't get to really like get crazy or anything but it's interesting because like i don't personally like i don't listen to indian music or desi music um like when i'm just like on my own and so it's so interesting to see like when i go into those settings and then like a song will play from like the early 2000s that i've (laughs) obviously heard because i like it just around but like at that moment like all bets are off even yeah. though, like, I would never listen to the... And you feel yeah. so connected to it in that moment, too. I know. <laughs> it's just, like, the way that I think our, like, 
as people say like abcds try to hold on to culture and i think that's yeah. like a really big way like music and movies and like all yeah that. definitely yeah so what about on the other side of it right there's those indian americans who kind of try to reject you know their roots or they don't want to associate with other south indians you know if they john be like that example you mentioned when they walk into a room like they'll gravitate specifically away from you know other south asian people so like what are your opinions or thoughts about that i think like for me that used to be me so i'm not gonna like crap on them because Mm -hmm. like i used to be that person and i like get it because it is hard to navigate and especially if like you grow up in a community where like you're the only indian and like that is your only option is to assimilate like Mm -hmm. i get it and it's really hard to sit down and be like oh i'm gonna be completely different and i'm gonna bring in like my culture that no one else understands and like talk about that Mm -hmm. and so i think that's hard to navigate and it's really emotionally draining on the person because i'm sure like to a certain extent they don't want to either because I can't imagine anyone being like, oh, I hate my culture. I hate, like, this huge part of who I am. Unless mm-hmm. they have some, like, generational trauma or whatever that they're dealing with. But I think to a certain extent, like, it is kind of forced in a certain way of, like, oh, this is what I have to do if I want to fit in. And, like, I get that because it can be really, like, outcasting and isolating if you want to, like, deter from the norm, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, it might just be out of convenience or because it does just take a lot of intentionality to put energy in, into into that as well. Yeah, at the end of the day, like relationships are relationships. And like, like you said, Rita, like you're going to be having to put in some sort of effort, some sort of like commitment to it. And like, again, you have no control over the people that mm-hmm. you get along with or you become friends with so like it's of course like all of us want to be more consumed within our culture but we will have our own reasons or like we will have like um like if you're someone who is constantly being told by other people or you're just like so white or like or you don't they see enough i would 100 percent understand why they would not want to like be around people who are constantly judging them so again like navigating your own spaces oh yeah go ahead maybe maybe they just don't agree with like the tenets of the culture right like maybe they don't agree with what like being Indian stands for or what other like maybe that's just something they don't want to be a part of and that's fine like I feel like you can't force people to be something that they're not so do you ever feel like that relatedness that you feel when you find people who have that similar identity you don't find that when you interact with some other types of people so how does that affect your friendships and relationships with people you can't connect with culturally like do you think that they can ever really like fully understand you or like how does that make you feel I think that there's definitely like a difference for me at least where like some of my friendships with people that might not understand those things can be a little bit more like superficial or more about like I guess like current things that are happening in my life like oh like this one like if I'm having like a fight with a friend I'll tell them or like just like those surface level things but then when it comes to like deeper issues I'll like tend to go to people that are like Indian American and have like similar like situations and similar outlooks on life because I just feel like they understand better like I don't I don't know 
Yeah. I feel like it when when if I'm with like friends that I don't share like a similar cultural identity, it'll just take longer to reach um like to have a less superficial kind of relationship and yeah, like I I feel like if I'm having issues, like family issues or something like that, it wouldn't feel as comfortable bringing up right away. Um, but if you're with a person that shares like similar identities as you, such as your culture, religion, it just kind of brings you up to speed a little faster in your friendship. And because you have that kind of same similar foundation, so you just feel more comfortable, at least for me, like in a, in a faster way. Um, to reach those less superficial topics um, and, like, deepen your friendship. Yeah, Jaritha, I really agree with that. Um, I feel like, like, having people who understand, like, the languages you de-stress in or, like, the cultural um, differences that you shape, how you kind of take care, how you kind of connect with other people is so important. Um, Especially, like, if I'm angry, if I'm resentful, or, like, if I'm just feeling, like, a lot of emotions, I will not want to speak in English. I want to either speak in, like, Urdu or Punjabi or just, like, really try to de-stress. So, like, having people around me, whether that's, like, um, people back home or, like, my own friends, being able to speak my own language that I find comfort in is, like, super important to me. And, like, it's important for me to have friends who kind of also value that. Yeah. And my other big thing is, like, names. So, like, if I'm telling a story about, like, something that's happening in my life or, like, trying to, like, narrate something, I, like, a lot of my friends are Indian and, like, their names and stuff. And so having to, like, tell all of their names to someone that may not necessarily, like, know them or understand them or know how to say them, isn't it's just something that I don't necessarily, like, want to do. Like, you know what I mean? Because then they're like, wait, like, how do you say that? Or then they'll, like, butcher their pronunciation and it's just not, not ideal. Okay. Yeah, it just becomes, like, so much emotional effort in just trying to, like, have simple conversations, having to, like, constantly be reminded that, oh, you're this other identity. And it's just, like, these really weird ways that these microaggressions kind of come up and kind of remind us that, oh, yeah, we're never going to be, like, the ideal American or, like, we're always going to have this other idea um, that kind of alienates us from, like, this larger, um, this larger group. Yeah, I think there was also, like, that alienation feeling has definitely been, like, super prominent this year for me, especially with, like, the election. I don't know if anyone else relates to that, but, like, just seeing so many people vote for Trump, I was like, wait, like, what? And then, like, I sat down with my parents and we, like, had a talk about how, like, even though, like, we're American citizens and, like, have been here for, like, I've been here my whole life, we're still not, like, going to be the people that, like, the majority of Americans keep in mind when they vote for because we don't like fit that mold and so that was like eye-opening also again like especially like when people are talking about um Kamala Harris's uh election and talking about oh we're gonna have like so much visibility like having visibility at only one scale even if it's like a huge position doesn't really mean anything if you don't see that visibility in your day-to-day life if you don't see it at like like at at a local level so like yeah Kamala being like um the vice the first female vice president and like with all these other identities is amazing but it's really not going to make this diaspora experience any easier for any of us and like we are the ones who know it 
So what about like moral conflicts and differences that you see, right? Like different values, Joita, like you mentioned, like different priorities, things like that, different parenting styles, different, you know, opinions on like age and respect and, you know, things like that, relationships, you know, all of that kind of stuff. How do you, what kinds of experiences have you guys been in that kind of called those differing values and morals into play? And how do you deal with that? I want to preface this by saying, like, obviously we don't want to play into, like, stereotyping Americans either, because this is, like, a subject where that could easily happen. Um, But I guess in, like, my personal Mm -hmm. experience, like, I have definitely seen that, like, my parents were a lot more involved in my life than, like, some of my um, American peers' parents were. And that was, like, I guess difficult to navigate in some ways of, like, having to explain to them, like, why my mom was texting me or, like why like my grades were such a big deal and like I needed to have like a certain grade to like make my parents happy and stuff like that because that was just stuff like that they didn't relate to because for a lot of my friends it was like our parents don't really care what we do as long as like we get into college and then like move out. I'd also say like small things too just um even just like small things that affected me (laughs) growing up even something as small as like planning out when I get to hang out with my friends because I wouldn't be able to hang out like if I'm hanging out I can't hang out with friends within a day or saying like how how important time with like my family is or time going to all these Bangladeshi gatherings at other people's houses every weekend um and so trying to juggle that with being able to have a social life as well I don't know if there was like necessarily like an emotional impact of that though Because I, like, I feel like it's just, like, becomes so natural that you become kind of numb to it, right? Like, that there's just, like, going to be these differences, and then, like, that's that. Yeah. And also among, like, the Bangladesh community, I do, like, with my parents, I do have, I know a lot of people may not have, like, a close relationship with their parents due to, like, generational and cultural differences. But I am thankful that I am pretty comfortable talking to my parents about different subjects. Yeah, my parents are, like, my best friends. They, like, I tell them everything. And I think they also they also assimilated to a certain extent. And so I guess, like, a lot of those Indian stereotypical things that you would expect to see in brown parents, like, don't exist in my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can also kind of add to, like, what we were saying earlier about, like, d- feeling differences between... Um, like, within the Bangladeshi community or within whatever community you're a part of, just because of that. Um, like, I feel like that's not always the norm in fam- for family dynamics in South Asian cultures. Yeah, that was something that, like, coming to Michigan was really, like, opening for me because, like, you know how you, like, grow up with people that are some So, like, all my parents' friends are also like that, where mm-hmm. it's, like, they're very open with their kids. And yeah. so when I came to Michigan and, like, suddenly I was hearing about, like, my friends having to like hide things or like yeah. turn off their loca- turn off their locations and stuff. I was like, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, why do you? What, why is that such a big thing? But yeah, I totally, I totally get that. For me, it's kind of less tricky because, like, again, I was born there, raised there. Um, like, I lived in Pakistan for eighteen years. So, the fact that like I am Pakistani and like my culture is heavily ascribed to like South Asian identities it's like has been clear from the get-go um but what kind of opened up for me when I um started university was this idea like ever since I was a kid 
um, implemented to me they're like oh Pakistani culture is like completely different than Indian culture and it's also completely different than Bangladeshi culture and again it's like I don't call it state propaganda you want to get into like the politics of it I'm not but it's again right like we come from like the same shred of land till a certain point of time um, and it's like kind of insane to like conceptualize that just because there's like a border these identities are just gonna naturally evolve of course there's like some differences but like getting to recognize and realize there's like a lot of like things that cross cultures and like things that um are kind of universal regardless of like the region that you're in um so it's kind of like really reassuring and um and I feel like that doesn't know, like, like, like even for me growing up here I also have that Alise like the the thing of like oh like Indians are so different than people that are from Pakistan and I didn't like one of my best friends is from Pakistan and I still like when I mentioned like food that I'm eating or stuff I'm like oh like do you know what this is and she's like do like she's like it like what and it's just like habit right like you don't even like think about it but I don't know okay so overall you know all of this taken into consideration what would you say is your identity what do you not necessarily label yourselves, but what do you consider yourself to be? Do you have like a strong sense of who you are, like within a cultural context? Yeah, I think for me, I definitely like do consider myself to be a very like unapologetic Indian American, but I will say that like my loyalties, I guess, change around certain times. So like obviously I'm more patriotic towards America because like I grew up here and like that's really interesting to see because like sometimes my parents will be like why aren't you like cheering on India and like the Olympics and I'm like I'm like no like why would I do that and so like at times like that my identity shifts a little or like when I go to India and I'm there for a prolonged period of time I definitely become more Indian and I guess that's like one of the good things or like the silver linings of having a mixed identity is because it's so fluid right like you can change I guess like daily on like what you want to do or like how you want to portray yourself and that's really cool to me I'd say for my identity I think the top two factors that affect my identity are my Bangladeshi culture as well as my religion um so now I do think as a senior in college finally I feel like I do have a strong sense of who I am and I can own it boldly and unapologetically um but I think in every season of life it changes still um but I think I've finally grown a sense of just owning it I feel like also um like having to go through two different identities whether that's like just culturally or like actually navigating two different spaces you automatically have like these norms and regulations and like rules set up that kind of dictate your behavior. So like specifically for me, I know when I'm in Pakistan, I'm not allowed to wear like a certain amount of clothes. I'm not allowed to um, go out and hang out after a specific time. Um, and when I'm in the US, I know I'm not allowed to like listen to certain things out loud or like do certain behaviors. So it's also like this kind of like, um, Kind of like these barriers that are created automatically that you like when you think about it it doesn't seem like a big deal but like when you consider it it kind of just does connect to like these larger things yeah so research has actually shown that like being bicultural is 
a really positive thing because it makes you more aware, empathetic, and you have like a more open mind, more creativity, more ability to like compromise, which is great. But, you know, it's so isolating and alienating for a lot of people because, you know, they feel like I'm going through this. I have to not only deal with my South Asian roots, but then I also have to like assimilate into, you know, the society around me and it's just like kind of an extra burden for a lot of people so what advice do you have for people dealing with this on how to you know go through it and manage their frustrations or emotions or whatever conflicts might uh whatever conflicts they might face i think the first thing i would say would be to like i think it's easy to get caught up in like the oh am i indian or am i american or am i bangladeshi or whatever your second identity is but i think the piece of advice I would give someone that's grappling with this is stop worrying about like the cultural aspects of it and just be yourself. And whether that's like a mix of the two or wholly one, wholly the other, just do what you enjoy and talk about things that you enjoy and participate in things that you enjoy. And like, that's how you'll end up finding your identity. And as far as dealing with like conflicts, I guess, I would say like, something that really helped me personally was finding a group of people that was similar in like what they were going through and talking to them about it so like me and my friends will have like really like deep conversations about like grappling with like our parents and like the expectations they have versus the expectations that American society has and like just like talking to people that are on the same page as you yeah I definitely say like a practical a practical piece of advice is like what John was saying is finding a group of people that have that hold a similar identity as you, whether it's your culture, your your ethnicity, or your religion, whatever um, piece of identity you really value the most. I'm just trying to find other people with similar values and identities so you can be able to have a community to support you as you're going through things related to those. Um, yeah, and I would also just say like. I think it's just so important to embrace your experiences and embrace what makes you you and not to try to fit the mold that either, say, other Desi Americans are portraying or other um, Americans are portraying just to not try to fit any kind of mold or box that's placed before us or whatever the media is portraying, um, but just to unapologetically um, carry yourself and what makes you you. Yeah, I think that's really important, Joita. Like, I think this is something we talked about within, um, like, they'll say about, like, the system of, like, pods and stuff. Um, and it really connects to, like, it's not just about, like, finding your community, but also identifying specific individuals who will be there for you um, for, like, your specific needs. So, like, if it's someone who is south asian really understands the culture um and you're close to and you want to kind of rely on them for like when you have specific issues that can only be understood within the south asian context that they agreed for to be there for you and you agree to be there for them and it just kind of creates like this more like interconnected dependent network um where you just really know that you can rely on these people especially for like those specific things that you can't really go to for like everyone well, that's all that we have time for. Thank you guys so much for being guests on this episode and sharing your stories. I know that so many people will be 
able to relate to the things that you talked about because this is something that is really significant to the South Asian American community, this uh, dynamic of like knowing your identity or not knowing your identity. But I think that the advice you gave is super valid to just like find your community and be yourself. It's so important. Um, But yeah, thank you for listening. This is Samosas and Mimosas.